Hello and welcome to Back to Mo Kings Mellow, the podcast that follows the fantastic Chelsea FC women's team. Uh, now, this week, Chelsea had the chance to complete their qualification into the quarterfinals of the Champions League when they faced Real Madrid at Stamford Bridge. Uh, despite Emma Hayes calling it a boring game, uh, we will try and spice up the action for you uh, via this podcast as Chelsea ran out eventual 2-1 winners and sealed that place in the quarterfinals and topped the group with a game to spare. Uh, ironically, they are on the same points uh, as they were two years ago when they got knocked out of the group stage um, when they lost 4-0 to Wolfsburg in the final game. So funny how things change. Um, so quite simply, the show title tonight is episode 117. Uh, mission complete. Uh, I'm your host, Dean, obviously, and joining me tonight, uh, thankfully, is uh, Mr. Matt Ball from Worldwide Chelsea. Matt, good to see you again, buddy. Yeah, it's good Good to be on. Uh, good. Uh, well, it's good to have someone on, because uh, I'm sure doing this on your own wouldn't have been that fun. I've never tried it, but um, I think one day I'll probably have to um, ask myself and answer the same questions. Uh which I might like, and then I'll cut you all off the group and just do it myself, although I don't think I'll get many listeners. Um, uh, now, you can listen to this show live uh, if you want to uh, when it's on. So normally on a Tuesday, we do do Fridays when we play midweek. Uh, that is via Mixler, that's mixlr.com, and search if you want to Moe King's Meadow. Uh, and if you sign up for a profile on there, you can join in the show by posting on the live chat page, as Buffer has already. Good evening, Buffer, good to see you. Uh, and now we also are publishing these podcasts on our own platform now, uh, Went to Mo Kings Meadow, as well as the Chelsea Fancast. So if you are listening on our Went to Mo Kings Meadow platform, please leave us a nice review or, or a bad one. Uh, either way, don't mind, but just want to read what you think of the show. Uh, might help us improve, but I probably won't listen to you anyway. Uh, on the show tonight, in part one, we're going to review that win over Real Madrid. And in part two, we're going to look ahead to tomorrow night's uh, fixture with Brighton and Hove Albion uh, in the WSL. Uh, and we're going to do all that Straight after this. Let's get into into the action. The starting lineup uh, for this one: Hannah Hampton in goal, uh, back four of Ashley Lawrence, keep Kadisha Buchanan, sorry, uh, Jess Carter and Neve Charles, Aaron Cuthbert and Melly Lupas continued their partnership in midfield with Johanna Ritten, Cameron, Frank Kirby and Guru Wrighton uh, supporting Mia Fischel in attack. Uh, Emma Hayes made just three subs for this one: Lauren James for Fischel at half time, Shirkin Liskin for Kirby and Aggie Beaver Jones for Johanna Ritten, Cameron both. In the 76th minute, uh, that left Chiramazovic, Sophie Ingle, Eve Perise, Maren Mielda and Yelena Chankovic as unused substitutes. Uh, and then in your stats, you've got Chelsea with 60% possession, 16 shots, 10 on target, 9 corners and 4 fouls. Two Real Madrid's 40% possession, 12 shots, 6 on target, 4 corners uh, and 4 fouls. And uh, Matt, as always, we'll go to the lineup first. And uh, where well, we always like to start in goal and Hannah Hampton keeping her place Uh was probably to be expected after her performance against Manchester United. Yeah, I think she I think she did so well against United that sometimes I I know Emma likes to play roulette with his goalkeeper sometimes and sometimes you think it's just she's picking it out of a hat at times. But 
I think you had to just give her a, a, a almost a mini a mini run of games. Obviously, she's had the least experience in the side uh, compared to the others um, that are available with us. Um, so I think she deserved to start. Um, I don't think she for a Champions League day, but I don't I don't think she did bad uh, at all herself. Um, could she have done a bit better with a goal? Maybe, um, but overall, good Champions League debut. Yeah, it's going to be interesting when we talk about the goal and then ultimately we talk about Brighton and who starts. Uh, that is obviously going to be one of the questions uh, because Emma Hayes has been ruthless uh, this season with goalkeepers. Uh, and we'll obviously discuss whether she's going to do that again. Uh, and I suppose the other the other big change was, was Lauren James after a hat-trick left out. I don't think she trained before this game, which is obviously part of her recovery. Um, and given the way that she arrived at the club with those injuries, it, it's good to see that Emma is still... You know, using caution with her uh, and not just relying on her non-stop. Yeah, I think it's important. I mean, you see with Chelsea in general that injuries are not our friend. Um, even in the men's game, injuries before warm-ups, it's just, we, we need, these players need to take be taken care of. And as much as this game was important that we needed to get the win, I think we have a squad where you can take Lauren James out of that and still get the result. Um, and I think we 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 did have to we did need her a little bit because I think we were flat, but um, at least she got forty five minutes of rest, I suppose. Yeah, we were flat, but again, um, for the third game in a row now, um, Chelsea, uh, Matt with a really positive start, um, Copper with a great chance, uh, right and almost chips the goalkeeper when she's trying to cross it, in, I think, uh, as well. You know, this is the third time where within five, ten minutes, Chelsea have had two or three really good chances uh, in a game and they're frustrating probably not to take the lead early on and probably settle the team down a bit. Yeah, I think if, I mean, that's the thing. All, all this team needed in this game was a goal and um, you could see Real Madrid. I mean, I've not I, I've not seen a team so... Te- I mean, they were terrible um, from start to finish. I mean, some of their playing out at the back you expect the Spanish team to play out with the ball quite well and they were terrible at times and we probably should we probably should and could have got, as you said, got some of them early chances in and that would have settled the game down. But obviously the longer you go without scoring, you make you make it tense for yourself. And I think that's kind of what we did a little bit. We didn't score them chances and then I think as the game went on we almost went down to Real Madrid's level a little bit at times and I think Emma probably definitely saw that and that's why she tried to change it with getting Lauren James on. Yeah, I mean, Real, to be fair to Real Madrid, you know, missing the likes of Caroline Weir and a couple of other players, I think, from from their team for this game. But, you know, as we say, Chelsea didn't take their early chances. And then, did Madrid go, grow into the game or did Chelsea's levels drop? You know, that's up to you, what you want to say. But, you know, uh, Linda Caicedo caused us a lot of problems, didn't she? And, you know, luckily for us, she went up injured and not to wish injury on a player, but that was probably the best thing that happened in the first half for us. Yeah, I mean, my um, my brother was with me at the game. He's unfortunately not a Chelsea fan, still trying to convert a little bit. But um, I said to him, as soon as, as, soon as I saw Linda Costello was on uh, start, I said, watch, just watch, watch her, watch number 18. And first, as soon as he got the ball, she got the ball, um, he was just like, wow, what a player. Um, and you could see that as soon as she got the ball, there was that, I don't want to say fear, but... Chelsea were a little bit more panicky. They didn't want to dive in, didn't want to just go in and make the tackle. They were letting her have a little bit of space and seeing what she'll do with the ball because 
she's she's scary that she the things she can do sometimes. Obviously, she's again. I always say I was glad that she came off, but um, I wasn't. I wasn't exactly sad about it. Yeah, wish her the best in recovery from whatever injury she did sustain. But yeah, yeah. So we see you know, the weekend before against Man United, the defense didn't like a pacey forward, um, and so we we seem to struggle with. Um, I'm not sure. Maybe we're missing a bit of pace at the back. You know, with Carter and Buchanan in there. Yeah, I don't. I don't think we're we're exactly blessed with pace. In, in, in them too but I, even with Buchanan I think it's you know Buchanan unfortunately she has a mistake in her um, and I think with these pacey forwards I feel like she's more likely to make the mistake and then Carter while she can recover well I think if, you, if you're if you going in a running race with Carter I think the pacey, for, the pacey forwards are likely to win it and I think sometimes I always say with centre-backs as being a centre-back myself in, in terms of playing you've got to have a really good partnership uh, between two centre-backs. Sometimes the best, cent- you could put two be- best two centre-backs in the world together. If they can't play together, they won't, they, they'll both look crap. Um, for example, you go into the men's team, John Terry, Ricardo Carvalho, not, both of them not the best two centre-backs at the time, but part of the best back four in the world, uh, arguably ever. Um, and that was because they played so well together. I, I just, when I look at Buchanan, Carter, I just don't see that partnership um, that well at all. I mean, even Bjorn Bjorn come up, come in, and as soon as she started playing with either Buchanan or Carter, she just looked a lot more comfortable, and the, the whole partnership looked comfortable because I think she just was able to play with them players. So I think I don't want I don't want to say it's one of Buchanan or Carter. I just think I don't think they play well together as a pair, especially against pacey forwards. Yeah, I think I would agree with that. I think they're the worst, the worst pairing, not the worst players, the worst pairing between the options that we've now got. You know, after years of Brighton, uh, Ericsson, who complement each other, similar to Terry and uh, Cavalio, you know, a ball player and a, a no nonsense defender, so to speak. Um, you know, whether Bjorn's policy on the ball works well with with Bright as well when she comes back. I think she works well with Carter and Buchanan. Maybe there's just a chemistry thing there that, that doesn't quite work as well. You know, a buffer does, you know, Carter, as Buffer mentioned on Mixed, Carter is, is fast. Um, but I don't think she's been at her best recently. Um, I think she struggled without uh, Millie Bright, and that is, as Matt says, the connection there. Um, and then again, I mentioned a fast start. It was then a strong finish to the half for us. Uh, Cuthbert decided not to shoot into the open goal. Um, don't know what she was really thinking. And then Fish were missing a big volley. I know you mentioned you know, Lauren James coming on at half time. Do you think that little run was the catalyst for that? Yeah, I, I, I just feel while there was a lot of chances in attack and we could have should have scored chances, I just felt there was something missing um, from the attack, and I, I actually. I was. I didn't. I did. I. I went. Miss Fischl come off for Lauren in the end. I was. I was not surprised, but it wasn't. It wouldn't have been. It wouldn't have been what I would have done. I mean, I would have kept Fischl on and taken Canarid off because I think Canarid just. I didn't feel she was active. She, she wasn't active. She wasn't. Didn't want to take take on the player and was just 
almost went missing at times. And I, I feel you can't go missing Champions League games. I feel like this was just one where I felt you to put Lauren on that side. We know that Lauren and Fischel are quite good at linking up with each other. I felt that might have been the better substitution. But who am I to question Emma? Yeah, well, we question her every week. So, um, not that she listens. You know, I, I think I tweeted at half-time about Kirby and Fischel. You know, I think that they are more impact subs than than starters. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it showed. Um, and I was going to ask this at the end, but I think I'll, I'll get into this now. You know, for me, I thought we were sort of crying out for for a Chankovic in that situation. You know, someone to, to get on the ball in those spaces. Probably the job that Lauren James done when she came on for official. Um, but again, I think you lose that presence up front. Um, you know, whether Aggie could have come on as well and make a double sub. Um, but, you know, Chankovic can't get on the pitch at all at the moment. And it's a bit strange to me. I don't know what you make of it. Yeah, I mean, I don't really understand it too much. I think she's... Every time we see her, see, we see her come onto the field, she's played quite well. Um, then the, there must be something on the training ground that MSCs that is just not at the level that she can start, um, or indeed at the moment come on. And it does make me wild because you've seen Fleming go out, um, well potentially uh, is all done. We've heard rumours about uh, Chankovic potentially going as well. You've had obviously. Orbit off um, linked with her contract situation. So I wonder whether depend obviously it depends because obviously Emma's not going to be here in the summer. So someone might look at Chan, the new manager might look at Chan Chankovic and go, Yeah, that's who I want. Um but at the moment I just don't think I think there's something that Emma sees in her that she doesn't trust. I don't know what that is. Because I've I as, as you said, I think she's played very well every time she's come onto the pitch. So at least coming off the bench, I think she's someone that we should use as more of an option. Yeah, I mean, especially when we're playing, you know, this four-two-three-one, where the emphasis is on the number ten to get on the ball and, and make things happen, and that's perfect for for Djankovic, um, yeah, and for Fran, you know. But I just think that you know, with the injuries that she's had, I think that is, is catching up with her um, very very quickly. And although she can still offer stuff to the team, she had a good header, mm-hmm. just went wide in the second half. Um, you said it was flat, and I think that's one of the reasons it was flat. Yeah, I think the thing when when Fran was actually getting on the ball and actually being able to play, that was our best moments. I remember there was one where Fran put a beautiful ball uh, in, and um, Canarid, she just, which I always find with Canarid, she'll make a run and you think she's going to get the ball, but she just never gets there. Um, it's just, you, you're almost a bit amused of how, how she's not getting there, but it seems like she had that burst of pace and then it just slows down. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. I think I think Kirby probably knows once you've got kind of Macario comes back, once we've got a full set of players, I think she knows that she's probably going to be used off the bench, which is she happy with? I think she knows her body uh, and what's been going on in the recent years. So, I think she would probably be happy with that as long as she's getting some sort of game time, which I think she's still a fantastic player to call upon from the bench. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah bring Buffer back in for a mix of saying, yeah, Yelena's too good to let go. Um, you know, if I don't know if I was a player now and I know the manager's not picking me, I know that, that manager's leaving. Am I happy enough at the club to wait that out and see if the new manager then picks me, but then you're losing sort of half a or a season for for Kankovic, who don't play again. 
Um, to wait it out, it's, it's, it's tough, isn't it? Because you know, careers are very short. One bad injury, and you can be done. Uh, so it is it is difficult, and the window will close on the thirty first or the thirtieth. I think it's the thirty first, but I might be wrong. Yeah, so we'll see. Uh, and obviously, Jesse has has left, so that is one person in that position, or could have been in that position, but as well. So, um. Hopefully she stays because I really like her as a player. Um, we mentioned Lauren James coming on, and then Chelsea do get their you know the goal on the hour mark. Um, Guru Wrighton from the penalty spot off the foul on on Neve Charles, and we spoke about Wrighton on Tuesday about her performances. Uh, do you think the goal will help sort of her confidence and kick her back on because she struggled coming back from injury to sort of get to the level she was at? Yeah, I mean Brighton. Has always been one of my favourite players, um, and she just since her since she's come back from the injury, she just does. There, there is something that's just not completely quite right. Whether she's still carrying something, or as you said, whether it's just the act of confidence. Um, I think she she needs she needs a goal, um, and me, maybe this penalty will be it. Um, may, maybe um, she might need just a few more just to get up and running. But um, it's still great that we can still win games even without Frank Kirby necessarily being at the top of the game, without Wrighton, with no striker. Um, the best thing about this team is we've always got people on the bench coming off who can get us out of trouble. And even when players have got no lack of confidence, they can still come up with the goods eventually. Yeah, absolutely. I think she got into you know, she got into that stride of you know, scoring in the city in almost every game. You got onto the pitch thinking you're going to do it again, I suppose. And then... She gets the injury and it stops that momentum. She comes back slowly. Then one game turns to two, turns to three. These things are very quick to turn around, though. So hopefully, as you say, the goal is that catalyst to her again uh, to kick back on and get to the level that we know uh, that she can do. Uh, we spoke about Neve Charles being the one failed. Uh, so she went from good to bad because she neglected uh, Hayley Rasso for Madrid's equaliser. Um, and I know she's not technically, you know, a natural left back, but I think she's played there enough. Um pretty poor all round from her on that, wasn't it, the positioning? Yeah, and I th- I think particularly on that right side, I think when Linda Kaiseda was on the pitch, you could see they were almost targeting Charles a little bit, whether they just fought because she's not a natural left back and she she does go forward a little bit more, whether there was more space in behind. Um, but yeah, she it wasn't very good from her at all, and it left kind of the rest of the back four exposed, um, which led to the goal. I think it's obviously Charles has played very well all season, and she's played nearly every minute this season. So you can understand having one mistake um, messing up, which thankfully it doesn't mean it, it means we're still through. So at the, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. But um, maybe it's just a sign that Charles might need a little bit of rest apart from when she's physically suspended. Yeah, I mean United I wasn't at the Real Madrid game, so you know, I didn't see all of I didn't see all of it, but against Man United, they definitely targeted her. And whether that's because Ryan doesn't offer the support defensively, like I think Cameron gets back a lot more than, than Ryan. Oh yeah. And they can see overloads there, but you know, this was a simple case of I don't know where my attacker is at all. Uh, and it showed, um, you know, but the goal comes from Hannah Hampton palming the ball out 
to the almost the penalty spot, I believe. Um, and as a as a former goalkeeper, although not a very good one, uh, the first thing you sort of learn is never to parry the ball back into danger. Um, although the shot was you know a, good, a decent effort and she had to make a quick save, can we lay too much you know blame at her door for it? And I think if it was a different goalkeeper in goal, say Mazovic, do you think she would have got more more sort of stick for that goal than Hampton has? Yeah, I think. Because it's a day, because it's a Champions League debut, and because she hasn't played many games this season, and because she is perceived as the inexperienced one in the side, um, I think people are going to let her off of it. Whether Emma does is another question. Um, whether we see Savitch or Berger back um, within the lineups, and Hampton goes missing for a bit, we don't know. But um, I understand your point. I think yeah, number one rule is not to push it into the danger area, and it was poor from that. Um, but sometimes in the in the in these quick scenarios, you just have to get a hand to it, no matter what it is. Um, and I think it was more of that. I think um, she did well to make the original save, but just didn't pull it in the right place. Um, and it, it is what it is. But as I said, with same with Charles, it's a mistake. It's it, the game. The game is won. Um, we move on, and Emma will have to decide what she does because obviously she's got lots of competition, and I'm sure Mustavich uh, will be begging to get back in there and Berger hasn't played for a while so again she'll be wanting to get back in there Yeah well we'll touch on that a bit more uh, in part two uh, and I will say as a former goalkeeper a goal is never the goalkeeper's fault unless they physically you know drop the ball into the net um, Charles picked up Rasso someone should have picked up the striker who scored the goal uh, more than Hampton should have pushed it somewhere slightly differently uh, because she did make a good save at the end of the game where she pushed it away from danger uh, the ball was cleared, so um, she did learn from that. Um, I suppose when the goal goes in, Matt, around the ground, sort of a sense of frustration that we sort of just sort of got ahead. Uh, looked like we were just going to sort of see the game out, and then we let Madrid back in. Yeah, I think it was that because obviously it was, you had that frustration in the ground anyway that we hadn't. It took us an hour, an hour, an hour or to score. Um, and then there was finally that calmness of all right, we, we, this we can manage this game out. Real Madrid have not looked like they they're going to score really much at all. They're arguably their best player on the pitch has come off injured. Um, everyone kind of relaxed, and it was just I think it it wasn't the fact that we conceded the goal, it was the manner that we conceded it uh, and how poor it was uh, in terms of defending overall. Um, which got the crowd very frustrated, but um, thankfully that frustration didn't last too long. No, it, it didn't. And, you know, a, a stroke of luck, I would say, for the goal. Um, uh, Chavos in the Real Madrid goal, I believe her debut for the Real Madrid, whether just in the Champions League or for the club in general, uh, had been pretty decent up until that point. Um, you know, I said she looked like me trying to, you know, bat away a wasp. Remember when you're trying to eat your barbecue? You're just like flapping your arms about it, just because it was a hitter in the chest and went in uh, down as an own goal. But uh, would you say we deserved that little lucky break? We deserved to win the game, I think, overall. Yeah, I think I think we deserve to win the game. So I suppose we deserve. You make you. I, I, I sometimes people always talk about, oh, we were lucky or unlucky with this. Sometimes in sport, you make your own luck. Uh, you've got to create them opportunities and. And put yourself in a position to get that luck. Um, and yeah, it, it's it's not arguably it's not great from the goalkeeper. But again, another young, inexperienced goalkeeper 
mistakes happen, unfortunately. On on the biggest stages, such as the Champions League, then mistakes are going to be made known. Yeah, I think after what happened in the first leg, um, we deserve something. <laughs> yeah. I mean, some, I mean, the referee, the referee, and overall, it just seems bizarre. Um, but it is what it is. I, I, I don't like to moan too much about referees. Yeah, let's let's not give them the uh, the limelight they don't deserve. Um, I suppose, you know, I just want to touch on Emma Hayes after the match. You know, calling the game boring. Um, and there's there's two sides to this match. You know, one is you know we're into the quarterfinals. We're group winners. We've got a game to spare. Um, there's no pressure going to Paris out to, at all, um, you know. So that's you know we can't really complain that the game is boring. But on the other hand, you know we are still trying to grow an audience, especially at Stamford Bridge, where they let more fans in. You know those newcomers probably not as happy to see a boring Chelsea. They're going to want some excitement. Um, sort of as a fan, I think I don't know what side you sit on, but. Is there a worry at all that we come to the quarterfinals that those fans aren't going to want to come back if they're expecting another sort of tame, boring performance from Chelsea? Um, it, it, it's hard, obviously, because it, it depends on how experienced they are, how, whether they've watched football before, whether it's fans coming from the men's game into the women's game for the first time, or whether it's new fans to football in general. Um you don't really. Uh, it's hard to predict. I mean, the people around me. There was a lot of frustration at times. Um, there was one particular person behind me that I could tell definitely goes to men's games because the language that was coming out was not not particularly nice. But uh, it is what it is. Um, if you're going to get more people into the game, unfortunately, you're going to get some people some people like that. But um, yeah, I, I, we just got to hope that Chelsea can continue the work they're doing and to improve it. And I think you, you've got. Obviously, I mean, the Man United match was a good advert for it. So hopefully some people take that game and look at that game rather than looking at, um, obviously, the Real Madrid game and depends on who we get. Um, it, obviously, it's hard with the midweek, with the mid-week games because it's not, it, you, you you can't brand it to the, it, you have to rely on something other than the family brand that, does well on kind of weekend games um, because obviously it's a midweek. It's it's due us on a school night and not as many kids can uh, come. And I, I noticed that, that there was a lot more adults than there was kids compared to other Stamford Bridge games we've gone have gone to on the weekend. Um, but we'll, we'll we'll see we'll see how it goes. Obviously, I, I I still think the audience will grow, and I think as long as we can at least keep it over over ten thousand, then I think that's happy for me. Yeah, I mean, I didn't know that they had actually sold more tickets for this game um, than the, than the five thousand. Um, you know, to because they obviously said about before having to, sh- you know, shut the whole stadium or police the whole stadium, whatever they say it has to cost. Um, but uh, yeah, I thought it was really good that they did sell that sort of eleven thousand. I think it was um, the shed, the east and the west lower tiers. Were they all full? Um. Yeah, I think they were majority for uh, little patches here and there, but I would say very little patches. Um, I think it was good that they didn't just they didn't open um, the fourth stand and just spread it out a little bit. It was nice that we were all packed together because it creates a bit of a better atmosphere. Um, but yeah, it was, it was good. It was good to see that um, we could get eleven thousand in there. Um, 
And I think the more people you get in there, the better atmosphere. And um, credit to the Chelsea owners for trying to get more people in. And um, hopefully they are learning from mistakes that they've made. Yeah, I mean, I went to the hacking game before Christmas at Stamford Bridge with just the stand lower open. Um, obviously, um was nil-nil as well, wasn't it? Yeah. That was boring. Um, at least you got three goals in the game. Um, yeah. And as we say, Chelsea are through to the quarterfinals of the Champions League. Uh, the only place in England you can watch UEFA win Champions League football is Stamford Bridge. Uh, so make sure when the fixtures come out, you do get your tickets and support the team in the quarterfinals. Um, just looking, I've not really looked at the groups in full, but I think because of the likes of Wolfsburg and Arsenal not qualifying, uh, yes, Arsenal not qualifying, um, the draws looking particularly, you know, not particularly difficult for the for the quarterfinals right now. I know there's one more group game to play, so there is some movement mm-hmm. that happen, but you know, the big team should avoid each other until this, the semi final stage, which obviously helps us out. Yeah, I mean, you've got, I mean, looking at the group stages now, I mean, Barcelona and Benfica both through. Leon and Bram uh, are both through. Uh, you've still got it's the the only, the only groups that the only people you've still got to see if they go through is either Hacken or Paris, um, which you'd hope as you'd probably say is Hacken, um, depending on how we do. Um, and then obviously you've got the you've got between PSG, Ajax, and Bayern Munich, um, which if you can potentially and, and Roma, that's still an open group, so. Potentially, if you see some of them, uh, some of them big boys go out or big girls, um, then it could be really open, and um, there could be a favourable draw. Um, but we'll have to see what what it's like. It's not long till game week six, so we'll find out that very soon. Yeah, I suppose if we are, you know, going to guess right now who we're going to get uh, in the next round, um, you are probably going to look at Bayern Munich um, for the Ericsson and Harder. Uh, reunion uh, with Chelsea. Uh, well, they they well, they can't, can they? No, I was going to say Brand could overtake Leon, but they got a score of nineteen goals. Yeah. Yeah. To get that, uh, so that's not happening. So either Benfica, Brand, Ajax, by a minute or Roma, depending on that last game. So you would expect um, Chelsea strong enough to go through that, and then. You're looking at Leon, Barcelona, Paris Saint-Germain uh, in the semi-finals. Um, I know which one I would want uh, out of those three, but we'll see. Hopefully, we can uh, get a nice route to Bilbao. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I think at our best, we've got the ability to beat all of these teams. Um, so hopefully, we, we we do get the favourable draw, and we don't have to face both Leon and Barcelona again. But if it does, it does. I mean, to, to to be the best, you've got to win. You've got to, you've got to beat the best. Yeah, absolutely. Um, though it is easier over one leg. Um, I will say that's that's to be the best. Um, well, I say that we final a few years ago didn't exactly show that completely. But yeah, but we're we're a different team. Um, yes, we are. We are a different team. Yeah. Uh, now the last thing, obviously, usually when we win, I do a player of the match poll. Uh, I thought this game was so poor that I couldn't pick the four players out of the eleven to be on the poll. Um, but I chose the winner as Aaron Cuthbert. Um, there was a shout for Ashley Lawrence uh, as well, who has been performing very well recently. But I thought Aaron was, again, her usual dynamic self, Matt, and 
you know, probably the highlight of, of the team. Yeah, I mean, we, I was discussing in the um, in the Discord chat, and I just didn't know who to put as a. Uh, I couldn't name it, but it struggled. Um, I think I just put Cuffbook because it just said she runs. Uh, this is such a generic comment, but it's la- it, it, it's arguably the lazy man the match to give. But there just wasn't a lot of players that stood out really. Even when Lauren come on, Lauren was okay, but wasn't fantastic compared well, compared to her usual high standards. So uh, as you said, it weren't easy to <laughs> to give pick one, let alone four. Potential names. Yeah, I mean, Cuppet would have won player of the match against Man United if Lauren James hadn't scored a hat trick. Um, so we'll give her this one. And as I said last on Tuesday, you know, they don't actually get nothing for this. Um, so I don't think they care. Um, we're going to go for a break now. Um, and then we're going to come back and talk about the Brighton game. Before we do that, uh, a reminder about your Kings Meadow Chronicle, your Chelsea S. Women's fanzine. Uh, there is a sale now on for the last few copies of issue eight, uh, they're available for just one pound plus postage, uh, which is one pound in the UK and two pound fifty for the rest of the world. Uh, you can pick up your copy from kingsmellowchronicle.bigcartel.com. Uh, there are just eleven copies of that left. Uh, there's two copies of issue seven for fifty p, and there's about twenty copies of issue four for I think ten p on the website. Um, if someone could order all of those for me, uh, so I can get them out of my garage, be much appreciated because issue nine is on its way. It'll be available for the Everton game on the 4th of February. Uh, if everyone sends me their articles, that is. Um, after the after the game on Saturday, that's going to print. So if you want to get your copy of that, make sure you sign up for a subscription uh, as well. All of it is available on the website, as I said, kingsmanochronicle.bigcartel.com. Uh, and we will be right back after this. Uh, welcome back to part two of Went to Mode Kings Meadow. Time now to look ahead to the WSL match with Brighton uh, at the Broadfield Stadium, Crawley, uh, this Saturday at 5.30. Um, uh, Matt, will you be there? I will not, unfortunately. I, I've got a busy birthday weekend. Yeah, no, this is my local match, actually, uh, Crawley. Uh, I'm taking my son to his first game uh, for Chelsea Women. Uh, so looking forward to that. So if you are going, do uh, say hello. Um, I'm going to try and get him a selfie with Musovic, I think. We'll tweet her in a minute. Um, talking of Musovic, um, which is why I mentioned it, uh, who starts for you in goal, Matt? Because if that was her in goal, I think that's a mistake on, on Wednesday night. Uh, we've seen her dropped for less. We've seen Anne Katrenberger drop for mistakes. This is the first question mark about Hannah Hampton perhaps having a mistake. Do you think she keeps her place or not? <sighs> It. I mean, my. I mean, Zachira is my favourite goalkeeper. So out of the three, so it, it's a bit biased for me to say Zachira comes in. But I do think Emma is ruthless enough that one of the two will come in. And I think Berger seems to be completely frozen out at the moment, not even in squad. So it wouldn't. It wouldn't surprise me if Berger comes uh, comes on the team sheet. Uh, but I think it, will, it probably will be Zachira that starts. Yeah, I mean, we spoke, obviously, we had Rob Prattley on the show Wednesday, you know, a man with a lot of knowledge and about the team. And he, he mentioned that, you know, Emma said that Hannah's the number one, uh, which is something we haven't heard publicly. Uh, she obviously hasn't never backed that up. This I think this is the opportunity to back that up. Um, and given what we're going to run in Kingsborough Chronicle issue nine, 
I'm crossing my fingers that it is Hellhampton. Uh, otherwise, we're gonna look a bit silly. But um, like you, I really like Sachira as a goalkeeper. You know, great with her feet. Um, you know, getting better. I think with shot stopping, if she, she gets her confidence, a player that needs to play. I think you know, I think all goalkeepers are the same. You know, you've got to play them continuously. Something that doesn't happen for Chelsea, but either way, I'm happy. Uh, with who plays in goal are those two and as you said AKB uh, when you see them doing the warm up bit where they save the shots I mean she wasn't even doing that against Real Madrid um, it was Katie Cox out there as the third choice um, which seems strange and maybe they set up with her while she's not in the squad at all uh, but I don't suppose we'll ever find out Um and I suppose the other question is that centre back. You know, we obviously uh, Natalie Bjorn couldn't play in the Champions League uh, in the group stage for us, so she's back in contention. Um, so out of her, Carter and Buchanan, you know, what what partnership are you going for? I, I mean, I, I'm thinking in terms of Brighton is a tough. It's a tough game. We've always struggled against Brighton away. Um, it's the game I, I dislike on the calendar uh, and just hope it hope we just get a bye. If we could get a bye in the league, Brighton would be the one. Um, but so I, I, I would go with what would, for me, be our strongest in terms of Carter and Bjorn. Yeah, I think the same. But yeah, I do think Buchanan's been very good since she's come into the team. And I, I don't know if her and Bjorn are, just too similar. Both like to play out from the back with the ball. Um, you maybe need Jesse's one v one skills in defence. It's tough, isn't it? You know to pick. Yeah, you know, I mean, I'd like I'd like to see Bjorn kind of really tested uh, in a defensive uh, sort of scheme, kind of one v one. See, does she have does she have the skills to do that as well? Because obviously we've seen how good she is at the back and general defending stuff she seems very neat and tidy and steady um, but it'd be good to see how she is 1v1 because that, that will determine whether a Buchanan um, Bjorn partnership can succeed because obviously if well, Buchanan she has a mistake in her even when she is playing well um, and if that starts creeping into Bjorn's game potentially which I don't think it will because I think from what I've, I've, I've seen quite enough to see that that hopefully doesn't, um, then that would create a problem within the partnership. But um, I think Emma's going to go effectively tried and tested, which would be Carter and Bjorn. Yeah, and I, I suppose you also mentioned like about Charles needed the rest. There's the option now for, for Jess to go out that left-hand side and, and play as a left-back if necessary. I don't think that's going to happen. I think Charles will definitely play. Uh, but Moving on to the midfield, and I think it's going to be Cuthbert Lupos again, or do you think she's going to rotate because of you know, just the amount of games we're playing? But those two, I think, are our strongest partnership right now. Oh, yeah, I think they're, they are they, <laughs> themselves, they combine quite well together. I, I sometimes feel there are games where I'm looking, I'm like, do we need an ingle just to just hold a little bit? But um, I think this is not the game for. Ingle or someone like that to come in. Um, so I think Lloyd Poles and Cuthbert will play again and then it will be the Paris game where I think Emma will look to rotate a bit more with them too. Yeah, I suppose, yeah, that is the next after this where we can take out um, 
probably all the players and play anyone because you know it doesn't matter the result. Although I suppose Emma won't want to lose. Um, I'm going to move ahead of the three sort of attackers to the striker. Um, me official taken off at half time. We've seen Lauren James play as the striker. Obviously, we've got uh, Myra Ramirez now in the in the team as well. Um, who do you think starts up front? See, I, I, I've had a few people ask me, oh, is, is Ramirez going to start straight away? Um, and I know Emma doesn't like to just throw players straight in. Um, even players like Ramirez, who Emma in the World Cup couldn't stop praising Um it was probably one of the most praised players she had uh, in the World Cup in general. But I mean, my gut says she starts. She starts on the bench just because she hasn't had lots and lots of time with the squad. Um, who she starts up front, I feel like she'll go with Lauren James. Um, I, as much as Lauren James can play uh, for false nine effectively, I still think you need someone up front, and I think while for sure. While her scoring isn't always there at finishing, she does have good hold-up play. And I think especially if you've got Lauren James on the pitch and players she can link around, I feel she does a job without... She can do a job without necessarily getting a goal. Uh, so I would start Fischl, but I don't... I have a feeling that's not going to be the case. Yeah, I think I'm thinking the same as you. Um, just given the fact that she took her off at half-time, um, she's not doing what she wanted her to do, I suppose. And... Uh, James came on, would leave uh, Cameron Kirby and Wrighton behind her, do you think? Yeah, likely. I, I have a, I have a sneaky feeling that Aggie Weaver-Jones will start, but I don't know. I, it, it, it's just it's just my, it's just something I feel like Emma will throw her in. Um, but it was likely going to be Wrighton Kirby um, in there. So, this is our, as we've talked, I've written it down as a, as a team, sort of our guest for Emma Hayes' selection, uh, which has Muzovic in goal. I think Perisette right back, just because Lawrence has played the last two games. Yeah, and I think I, I, yeah, I think Perisette should probably come in just for a little bit of rotation. Yeah, uh, Bjorn and Carter as the partnership in the middle. Charles at left back. A uh, couple at Liverpool's in the midfield, and then I've I've stuck with Cameron Kirby right and, and then James, uh, despite the Aggie B with Jones mentioned. And uh, I know we mentioned uh, Mayra Ramirez, uh, obviously her first day today, trained with the team, um, obviously struggled to settle in because of that language barrier, especially when you try and talk to Aaron Cuthbert, um, who struggles with English, um, being from north of the border, but um. You've mentioned on the bench, and I think if she's registered and available to do that, which I'm sure she is, um, I think I would expect her on the bench as well. And if all was going well, get her on the pitch towards the end of the game with Lauren James having done the business up front for us. Yeah, I think I think you get you got to get a kind of coming on because I think especially with the price tag where she's coming for a uh, world record fee. Uh, you can't just keep her off, off. You can't just not play her. Uh, and I think she needs to get in and get used to the team. And I think, especially with language barriers, the best way to get that is by just throwing her into the thick of it. Um, obviously, I think Erin's er- probably the worst person you want in terms of uh, an accent to try and uh, understand. So uh, I think that 
maybe maybe there are other players that she can uh, talk to a little bit easier uh, between that other languages because um, all these footballers they they do know some other languages generally um, and at least they can just piece together certain things but she'll she'll hopefully learn quickly and I think her game speaks for herself uh, she's um, I'm very happy that uh, she's come into the club. Yeah, I've, I've got hyped off of her um, highlight reel videos that people post. Um, I don't watch Levante, to be honest. But, um, yeah, I saw a bit of her the World Cup, uh, not too much, but Emma was very excited about her and, yeah, looking forward to seeing her play. So whether that is off the bench or on the pitch, yeah, Buffer thinks she might start. Um, she's been in training, so you never know. Uh, we will see uh, about half past four tomorrow afternoon uh, when the team moves. Uh, drops and uh, before we give our predictions, uh, you mentioned Brighton being a tough place to go, and you know, but I feel that that bogey team mantra around Brighton has disappeared, and you know this is a you know a comfortable game for someone who we went there uh, last season without Emma Hayes, who was ill at the time, uh, and won a quite comfortable game in the rain. Yeah, well, let's just hope it rains again. No, uh, we're winning the drive. I think um, I don't get wet. But that's just me being. Uh... Yeah. Well, I, I, I think we'll get the win anyway. But it's just, it just even 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 games that we do we play against Brighton, I just feel we're never completely comfortable. I suppose it's just the scars of those dreadful defeats hang with us probably a bit longer than the players uh, who. Obviously, come and go. I think we lost. Well, we lost at home. Carly Telford played in goal. Uh, that game uh, was bright out. That game as well dropped or rested. Three exactly. two. Um, yeah, ridiculous. But hope power's gone. Uh, That's now. the most important thing. That is when the curse was officially lifted, uh, in my opinion. Uh, and I think Chelsea are going to run out comfortable. Three one winners. Uh, on Saturday, uh, Matt, your, your prediction? Um, I do think we'll I do think we'll score goals. Um, I think we'll concede a few, uh, and I'm going to go four two. Four two. Here's a good tip because I don't remember the predictions. Whatever the score is, just tweet and say you predicted that on the show, <laughs> and I'll retweet it. Uh, and no one will say anything uh, anyway. Um, I should really do some sort of scoring tally for this uh, predictions, but. I don't even promote the show, so let alone do stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, no chance of that. Um, sadly, that is all we're going to have time for uh, tonight. We will be back on Tuesday to review uh, this Brighton game and look ahead to the Paris match uh, next Wednesday. Uh, with who, I do not know, because uh, like most things, we'll leave that to the last minute, uh, depending on who's available. Uh, Matt, thanks for thanks for joining us. Um I never remember your Twitter feed, so if you want to you know, plug that now uh, for the listeners. Yeah, I mean, you can follow me, Matt J Ball 98 um, I'll chat absolute nonsense on there, but if you, want, if you want to read absolute nonsense, then follow me. Yeah, but if you want to see some bad jokes, make sure you follow the show uh, at, went to, at Moking's Meadow, sorry. Uh, we're also on Instagram at, Moking, at went to Moking's Meadow. Get it right one day. Um, you can follow me at DMIS if you want as well. Uh, and if you love what we do and enjoy the show, uh, why not consider signing up to become a Patreon CVT holder? 
Uh, you can do that for just five pounds a month, and it helps support the show. Uh, do things like mix love with the live chat, uh, me to edit the show and to publish it onto Acast and all stuff like that, and supports obviously our causes such as Future Ballers, um, our charity campaign in the summer to give young girls football boots for the upcoming season. Uh, an update of which you will find in the next issue of Kings Meadow Chronicle as well. Uh, the link for Patreon is patreon.com forward slash went to Kings Meadow to sign up there. Uh, and don't forget to leave us that review if you are listening on our new Went to Mo Kings Meadow platform as it will help us uh, appear in people's feeds, get on your Spotify wrapped at the end of the year uh, and beat the other podcasts that cover Chelsea. Just not as fun as us. I'm sure you'll agree. Uh, as I said, we'll be back Tuesday. Thanks for listening. Until then, from Stanford Bridge to Wembley, keep the blue flag flying. Back.